How are you, my friend? Pretty good. How you doing, Sam? I'm doing good, man. Thanks again for being here. So let's kind of jump in. And obviously, uh, this will air um, probably a few weeks from now, but this is just minutes ago they declared for Biden. So quite a quite a big time in the in the country right now. But uh, I'm more interested in you, Mr. Ray Prim, as a artist and soul singer of, of many different genres. But uh, let's go back to mid-March and kind of tell us where you were uh, artistically and, and where you were headed into the spring and the summer, what you had planned for yourself. And since all that got crushed like the rest of us, what have you been oh. up to since then? <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, I just finished an album called Soul Riders, in the Soul Riders Diary. Just finished it. Um, just had a CD release February, I think it was February 28th. And, um, you know, I do a number of things. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't tour and stuff anymore. I, I did that for like 12 years. And, um, so mainly I just play around town and, um, just to keep myself sane. But I, I never thought it was going to shut me down to where I don't play any shows. You know what I mean? I, I usually play shows that I want to play. I have a full-time job. But the fact that I wasn't going to play anywhere was quite, it's weird, man. I've never done that. And like, 20 years i've never really got to the point where i couldn't play anywhere so it took it took it took a toll on us i haven't i haven't played with the, our keyboard players since that show um we hadn't played in the as a full band since february 28th um and i just now started playing two shows with the guys um which is a little bit easier and i played some stuff for the strings but yeah man it 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 it, it it kind of threw me for a loop for a second, but I, I had a full-time job. So I'm not one of these musicians that were like, you know, it really hit me financially that hard. I mean, it, it I had to, I had to, what it what sucked is I had a loan that I had took out, man. And I'm paying some other stuff. So, you know, that kind of hit me a little bit like that. But as far as writing, and then it also made me start writing again. So I, I had to, I wrote another album within, in the, within the pandemic called Grey. And that was a great experience. I actually I liked that album a lot, so it forced me to write about a lot of different topics. So I I, I dug that part of it though. Well, it's nice that you got at least you got to squeeze in your album release before all this shit went down. So that's that's one positive. But you said you took out a loan. Was that was that loan based in you know putting that towards the the art the art form and no, stuff like that? No, that that that's a crazy thing. And so <laughs> I had this credit card. I don't know if I should be putting my business out there. I had this credit card. <laughs> that I didn't know had freaking 26% interest rate on it, right? Uh, okay, and so okay. I, I set it up for automatic pay, 50 bucks, but every month they were charging me 126 bucks. So I, I had it just kind of sitting there, you know, and it just, one day, one day I looked at the thing, I was looked at my thing, I was like, Jesus Christ, why do I owe this much money? And so what I did, I have a good standing with a bank. And so I went and borrowed from the bank that gave me what you call amount of loan, brought my, what the interest was like 3%, 4%. Got that and then started paying off that. So I just got it. I was like, well, I just paid off with my gig money. I'll be okay. You know? Yeah, it sucks, money bro. gone. You know what I'm saying? Damn. So that started coming out of my check a month. But I mean, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do, but Sure, sure. Learn, learn. So you... Yeah. Say, everybody learn. Make <laughs> even though you set your stuff up on auto pay, make sure you check that interest rate because yeah. you might not be paying on the principal. You know yeah, I mean? man, that shit's dangerous. You keep your eye on that. You could be in trouble. Um, but you've been able to spend a lot of time writing during the, the COVID yeah. lockdown. Obviously, if you're working full time, you're still that's probably still, you know, very normal for you. But then not playing any shows like the rest of us, you're putting that energy into writing new stuff. Yeah, well, we, we you don't have to get like like, you know, when we play in shows, I mean, I would play like one or two shows a month. So you're really getting you're, you're getting songs, you know, like I, I've been in a songwriting group for the longest time. So I've got like hundreds of songs just sitting there that, mm -hmm. I, you know, that I, I've got it on my computer stuck that I started. You have a week to write. You don't really flesh them out, you know? So mm -hmm. just sitting there. And then when you got a band, um, you might, you may be working on a song for a month. I mean, just so you can really get it down, you know? So you don't yep. really show anybody new stuff. So I was like, man, now I got all this time. Why don't I go revisit some of these songs that ne either didn't make it to the album or didn't whatever. So I sat there and I picked, um, I think the, I picked eight out of, out of the, what you call it? I think I picked eight. Matter of fact, I'm start. I'm doing another one right now, <laughs> as we're talking. Like I'm working on another one right now. So I picked eight songs and and just you know fleshed them out and figured out a way to record. I had the strings in my other room for the pandemic. They had masks on in another room. I was in my in the ghetto lounge in here. 
I bought like long cords so I could put them in a whole different room. I bought all this other stuff. Um, had the guitar, I, but I learned something though. Recording in my living room makes great sound for the guitar, great sound for the um, strings. Um, so I have the best sound I have on this album as far as strings wise. So I realized wow. what I had to do. Um, it sounds and it sounds. I have a I have bolted bolted ceilings in there, so I put mm. it in there instead of my ghetto lounge, and it just just made the strings sound bigger. So I looked out. I figured something out. So, I mean, you got everything has a silver lining if you if you really look at it. You know what I mean? Definitely. It's funny you say that because I was obviously it's been months now, but somewhere in the middle there, <laughs> I don't remember when I was record. I was just wanted to record some acoustic stuff at my home too, and I, I found just like this corner of the bedroom had this amazing i could i don't understand why i still don't understand why but it has this amazing sound to it just when you're going one mic on an acoustic yeah. and even vocally i because usually my past experience with like a you know a bedroom or something you you can tell it's in a room you know what i mean it has that room feel yeah, for yeah. some reason it did not have that i really i don't understand why it's like that because to me it just looks like a standard room but i kind of had a similar discovery uh just messing around the house how close are you putting your the, microphone the microphone to the guitar or to the vocals? Yeah, to acoustic. To the acoustic. Uh, on this one, I was doing a 50, I think I was doing a 58 or 57, kind of one right at the 12th fret and pointed down and then one at the hole. I think that's how I recorded it on this one, which is how I like to record my acoustics. But yeah, no, it's not, I don't do, I, I did do it like a farther away with kind of more of a condensed, uh, nicer mic, but for me, when I record my acoustic, I, I seem to just always get the sound I like when I just do two mics, one kind of the 58 right in front of it, and then one kind of pointed down at the 12th fret. I, I just work, gets whatever. But um, so one thing I'm always interested in, and one of the most fun parts of doing this podcast is kind of getting to learn people's um, backstory and, and root structure, not only musically, but personally. So can you tell us not only where you're from, but where you get your musical chops from, where you get your influences from, when you started playing guitar, when you started singing and all that good stuff. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. Um, so I, I moved here from Poughkeepsie, New York in 1992. And I was gonna play, I started high school in Lipstick, I was gonna play football and all that stuff, but oh, that didn't work out. I didn't wanna play football anymore. So when I got down here, um, I kind of, I was like, you know, I wasn't really, I, was, I didn't do a lot of music stuff. I just kind of went to this Depeche Mode concert. And um, before then, I loved rap. I, I listened to like a lot. I still listen to rap. I mostly listen to rap. When I'm, If I'm listening to something, people see me on my Facebook page or whatever, it's all rap. But I was like, well, rap is not going to work for me. I, you know, I'm not a good rapper. I suck at it. It's, I'm too corny when it comes to rapping. And then so I went to a Depeche Mode concert. And I saw this guy on stage and the, and the love that they were giving him. And I was like, man, this is this is actually pretty cool, man. You know, I'm like this is pretty cool. So I I had these Casio keyboards at my house. I was trying to make rap beats <laughs> off a of Casio. Another reason why my shit was corny. Oh, God, sorry, I might curse sometimes. You can believe it. Out. No, cursing's good. Totally allowed. Totally okay. allowed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, so I was playing this cursing. So I was doing like doom, 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 doing this stuff. And I was like, I can't play the other keyboard. So what I'm going to do? So my upstairs neighbor, Laura, she, I used to make her come down and she could actually play piano a little bit. So I had my little tape recorder recording us and trying to make songs. And sooner or later, I got on her nerves. And she's like, my boyfriend plays guitar. Why don't you get with him? And I never thought about like singing anything or getting to a band. So he came down to, he came one over one time and he showed me this song. He played an acoustic. And then I realized it's just something you don't realize you can do, right? He started playing and I started humming something and kind of singing, you know, off this thing. He said, what melody is that? I was like, I don't know. So I just realized I can just make melodies, right? And then when she started doing that, I was like, okay. So for the longest time, I didn't, I didn't pick up a guitar or anything. And then he was like, well, let's start a band and he wanted me to play bass and it was rock and roll, which I wasn't too familiar. I was kind of familiar with, but I wasn't really familiar with. So he was like, you know, let's, 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 you play bass and I play guitar. I was like, man, I can't play bass, but he's like, I'll teach you. So I started playing bass and stuff like that. And man, that bass was all heavy on my neck when practice. And I was like, man, I don't want to be trying to play this heavy ass thing and singing. So <laughs> he was like, find a bass player. So he found a bass player, man. Next thing you know, we had seven stones. That's the band I was in for the longest time that's about i toured in the most but it was rock and roll it, it still really wasn't me it was me trying to sing over um 
over like hard riff guitars and stuff like that you know mm-hmm. and, and my voice just doesn't didn't deal with it i was like i like to sing soft sometimes i like to do what i need to do so once i i went to a, the next concert that changed my life i went to a damien rice concert mm-hmm. and i've always loved bill withers you know and i kind of I was getting more into that and so i and so when the guy left the band i needed to learn how to play guitar i started writing my own songs so i went and found a beatles book and it's called the complete Beatles book. And all I did was learn mm-hmm. all those songs in there. Just so I could learn to sing and play mm-hmm. at the same time. And those chords, you know, once you do enough, something a thousand times, their pro- yep. chord progression, how they write melodies, it just kind of stuck in my yeah. head. So I learned how to write melodies and play guitar. And then um, I felt like I'm missing something. Oh, so then once that was done, I went to see Damien Rice. And I was like, okay, enough of this electric guitar stuff. I can't do this anymore. So I left the band found my violin player at a violin shop when I was taking my acoustic guitar in to get fixed. Cause I was looking for a cellist. I just want to be me and a cellist. I'll write mm-hmm. simple songs. She'll make it beautiful. We'll be good, you know? And um, I found my violin player and it just went from there, man. I just found this sound. And I was like, you know, this is the sound I want to do. This is going to work. I was like, and it just kind of evolved. It just, you just, you just kind of let it evolve. You know, I started where it was this, I was writing the violin lines and then I got another violin player and then I got a, a keyboard player. And now I finally got my electric guitar player who was from Seven Stones. He came and joined me. And and the crazy thing about this whole thing, when I finally get the exact sound, which is eight people still, but you know, if you look at concerts and wow. look at more, more, a lot of soul bands, they have a lot of people on stage anyway. But I finally got the sound that I wanted. And then COVID, COVID hit. We play one, we play one, um, oh, two shows with that full band, New Year's Eve, and that February 28th. And then New Year's, New Year's Eve, wow. February 28th. And then that was it. And so I haven't been able to play wow. with that full band since then. It's just crazy. That's it's like amazing. I finally got it. Oh, man, that's a bummer. But it's also, I mean, that's pretty, pretty awesome that you were able to find a sound that was eluding you for so long and find it with that kind of lineup, which is a very unique lineup two violins and and uh you know pros and cons to it you found it and then it was taken from you which of course sucks but um so age-wise were you it sounded like you're kind of late teens early 20s when the first when that Depeche Mode and then the your own music kind of seven stones started is that right yeah well it started when when I um let me see when did you I graduated I came out here for so for two years I didn't do any kind of music. So I think it started when I was 22 is when he found me, but I didn't pick up an instrument until I was 26. Cause I did four wow. years where I was just the lead singer. Mm-hmm. That's all I did. I didn't, I didn't play any instruments. And then um, it got to a point where um, I knew that the guitar, me and the guitar player for Seven Stones, the same guy who I started the band with, we were bumping heads, you know? We we're bumping heads. Cause what happened, I started like, I kind of picking up the guitar. I was like, Cause when you when you I think you may notice that when you when you're the singer of a band, you have to rely on them to give you something to sing over. And I mm-hmm. and I was I was getting tired of these these different time signatures. I was like I can't really land on anything. I can't, there's nothing I can really sing. There's no chords that are are supporting me. So then I was like okay. So then I bought a cheap Mex a Mex a, a guitar from Mexico, and um, <laughs> the 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 action was about like that high. It was ridiculous, man. It, and, 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 I, and this goes back to my Beatles thing. It looked like um, Paul McCartney's um, um, cello bass, cello guitar. Mm-hmm. You know his bass that looks like mm-hmm. shaped like a violin? Yeah, oh yeah, for well, sure. That's what yeah. the guitar looked like, and that's why I bought it. Oh, really? I, I didn't think anything <laughs> about the action. I was like, God, this guitar is hard to play. So I started writing some songs, and I was and I, we, we played a lot in Drop D. So Drop D was kind of easier for me. So I started playing some songs that had nice, nicer, better melodies over it. And then the guys in Seven Stones were like, hey, man, that's I like this melody. We can write around this. And so me and the other guy started bumping heads because he wanted to write in this, in this direction. And plus he wanted to tour. And I wanted to write in a more soulful kind of melody-based direction with some guitars on it. And um, we just bumped heads. So once he left, I was like, okay, I got to step up my game. So I started playing more, writing more. And um, and that's how I got, got to that part. I forgot what the question was. Sometimes I ramble on. I forget no, I, I it, no, it was just kind of you. You answered it, and that's the whole point of this thing is to allow one to ramble within their own 
okay. <laughs> their own history. Oh. I enjoy hearing that. But I yeah, it was that. kind of the age, just getting it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember now. So that so right around 26 is when when he left and I had to start writing. So that's when I started. I got my electric, she's behind the curtain, got electric guitar and all that stuff. And then I was trying to play the electric guitar and I, and I was like, you know, all this distortion. But once again, I was like saying this distortion was drowning me out. It's like, yeah. it's too much. Yeah. I don't have this voice, you know? So I was like, um, I finally decided right around when I was, Seven Stones went from 20, 20, till I was 26 till I was 32, I think. I think it's 32. Somewhere around there. We went for 12 years. I'm telling mm, Wow, that's a good one. We went for 12 years. And then after that, I was like, I'm done. And then I started another band called Prim. And I didn't really sell my guitar, electric guitar yet. Um, the electric guitar I had at the time. And I had a Rickenbacker too. I sold that. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to buy myself an acoustic guitar. That's when I saw Damien Rice. And, and the rest is history. And just built and built on as I went. Just kind of built. How long did that uh, Beatles education last? How long was that? Was that like a year? Was it six months, two years? Oh, for me writing, learning all the songs? Yeah. Man, you know how when you first start playing guitar, you do it every year. I mean, unlike Jackie, like Jackie still probably practices. Jackie Vincent probably still practices two days a year, two two hours a day, but she probably practices six hours. But um, I was, man, I got head on. I should put it like this. I should be better at guitar than I am as much as I practiced with that Beatles book. I think I did that for six months straight for mm. like four or five hours a day. I just been there learning the songs and playing the songs, driving my roommates crazy. You know, because, you know, you know how it is when you hit the wrong chord. And they're like, please stop playing it. But I did it for like six or seven months straight. And then I started writing my own stuff, like really from front, from front to beginning, where I, like I could play it by myself. That was my goal back then. I was like, I just want to be able to go to an open mic and be able to play in a, with acoustic guitar by myself and not want to throw up scared. And so um, once I got that, man, um that's uh that's that's a good way to do it man i'm i'm it's, i always love hearing about how people kind of i don't know crack the whip on themselves and I, I couldn't think of a better way for someone who's interested in stepping away from a loud you know rock and roll yeah. vibe to the songwriting and just spending six months with the beatles catalog i mean that's that's awesome and the fact that you did it four or five hours i mean i remember for me, it was there was a turning point where like I I started out with playing guitar when I was fifteen, and I was a good practice you know practicer throughout my late teens in high school. Like I practiced anywhere from on average fifteen to 20, 30 minutes a day. You know, some days off, some days an hour. But then I got to a point. I remember I remember somebody I knew who wasn't a musician. He's like, he was just a good friend. And he said he's like, yeah, I got this roommate who, um, you know, he wasn't very good, and then he he just started practicing like five hours a day, and now now he's really good. And, and it, it's so weird, like that literally sparked something in me. I was like, whoa, maybe I need to do that. So I yeah. did that and, and it actually came about through circumstance where I had an opportunity where I could really, but then I started doing that for years because uh, I, I fell in love with practice and, and the results you get when you put four or five hours in are so drastic compared to the half hour a day schedule. Yeah. So, uh, you know. Well, when I say five hours, go, I would start. I said I never. I never sat down in a day. I never sat down for more than like an hour and a half, because sure. No, you can break it up. Of course, yeah, that's yeah, what I would yeah. do. I'd, I'd be like, and then it's, another thing would drive people crazy, is is I would practice watching TV, so my guitar. Would be I do that too, man. That's a great yeah. way to do it. Yeah, so yeah. I practice, and, and also I tell people. I tell oh, my string players laugh at me, but when I play guitar and I'm I'm working on stuff with music and 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 I'm playing, especially when I'm practicing a song. I like to go in and turn the TV up because it helps me focus on what I'm doing. So when I go play loud cloud, loud cr crowds or loud clubs, it ain't nothing to me because I'm I'm used mm. to background noise. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes when like when it's supposed to be something like real intimate and in, in, in the rest of the room, what really bugs me is if the rest of the room is dead quiet and you've got two people talking. That is annoying. Like I I will yes. call that yes. out if I'm at a show because. It's annoying for me because the rest of these people paid to see us and these people aren't respecting the rest of these people's money. You know what I mean? But if the whole right. crowd is, if I'm playing a whole place and the whole place is talking and it does not bug me. It does not bug me, man. I, I, I get used to playing TV which, and it drives, I mean, it drives my girlfriend crazy because I'm in there like, how are you watching TV and playing guitar and working on a song 
that's what I'm doing. But that's, that's what I would do. I'd do like two hours here. And then I would, I would practice until I got the song. Now I never really mm -hmm. practiced guitar, guitar. It's not like I practiced my scales and all that stuff. I would practice learning a song so mm -hmm. I could play it. So I, I, man, I knew a lot of, I don't know them anymore. My memory's gone, but I know a lot of the Beatles songs. And that's from me being able to, without, I said, like, I'm gonna practice this song until I don't need the lyrics or the words called, I learned that two hours, whatever, come back to it. I'd start in the morning, lunch, and that's one of seven songs I didn't have a job. So start in the morning, lunch, and then take my guitar on the road with us when we went on the road in the back of the van playing at the hotel, you know, working on this Beatles song and stuff like that. Like sometimes I'm like, why don't you need to be working on our set <laughs> instead of the Beatles? You need to be learning our shit. That's like my bad, my bad. Oh, man. Well, that's good, man. I mean, that's like biblical. I mean, that's like if you're a literary scholar and you're, you know, reading the Bible or, or, or the Odyssey every day, it's like learning the Beatles in and out. That That's, oh, yeah. that's, that's biblical work. So kudos on that. But yeah, I, I remember I haven't had a TV at the crib for, I mean, I still watch a ton of shit on my computer, obviously, but I haven't had a TV at the house for for years. But I remember in those stages when I was taking jumps up and in, in skill and everything is for me, I couldn't really, I don't think I was doing much writing in front of the TV, but just like hammering home the finger stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, just yeah, getting yeah. the fingers moving and practicing stuff. Love doing that in front of the TV back in the day for sure. So you moved to Austin, you say, and around the high school age or right after high school? I moved to Austin. Um, and I, when I, and I used to, man, I used to go on radio when Bex Seven Stones was, um, touring and all that stuff. I'd go on radio station, tell them, yeah, I came down here for the music scene and blah, 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 blah. But that's not why I came down here. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I, and I've told this a thousand times, so I might as well come close. It's going to be like a, some radio station in Atlanta. That fool was lying. Um, I came down here because it was during the summer and I was graduating and I was like, where am I going to move? And I visited a friend in Austin, Texas. And um, <laughs> I visited a friend in Austin, Texas. And we went to this sorority. It was either for sorority or fraternity house. I don't know what it was. But I, I was I was sitting on this swing set. And I was, you know, swinging back and forth like this. And, you know, making eye contact with this girl. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, she's a cool girl. And I went and drank a drink. And the swing broke. It broke, man. And, I, and, and we were on this porch. And I rolled all the way down the hill. I hit what? the bottom of the hill. I was like, just made a fool out of myself. I got grass stains on me and stuff. This girl comes running down the hill. She's like, oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? It's like, yeah, I'm all good. You know, oh, you know, I said something corny. I know I said something corny. Probably said something like, it's your beauty that knocked me out. The I don't know what I said. And um, <laughs> short, short story short, make a short, long story short, we hooked up. Okay. I go back to New York. And I tell my boys and them, it's like, man, you can fall out of swings down in Texas and pick up a girl. I'm out. <laughs> and I was like, I'm gone. It's like, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and beautiful girls. It's like, man, I'm. I just fell out of a swing. Didn't do no lines, and it hooked up. So I'm. So I, I was like, I'm out. I'm coming down to Austin. And I must have been like two or three years before I even hooked up again. I was like, and that's that's before I knew how. I mean, I'm, I've been in. I lived in Texas before. But man, the summers, oh Lord, how much I forgot how the summers were. Um, and that's how I ended up in Austin, Texas. <laughs> and that was so like you moved down here for trim. I love it. I love it, man. I mean, I, where I else is there someone that age is head at? <laughs> you know, um, you know, I was 20, 20, of course. Uh, 21. No, whatever, yeah, no, I was 20. Whatever, whatever, 91 is, 21. Yeah. So. And you've stayed the whole time. So, I mean, obviously, if you weren't capitalizing right away on the reasons that you did move down here, there was other things keeping you here. Um, so you've, you've lived in Austin all this time for, for, for since those 90, since then. Since 91. Yep. So you and must was, really I like it. it. I love it because it was, it, it, it's unlike New York where I live, Poughkeepsie. This felt like a younger town. Like there's so many <laughs> younger because of the university. You know, right. and I was going to go try to go to college and do become a commercial artist and all that stuff. And so, I mean, I liked it. I had the college life. My dad got me an apartment down here. They were still in New York and um, I liked it. And then but what made me stay really stay is the music, because eventually, you know, I, I got into music um, two or three years later. But, you know, that's not why I came down here. And then once, you know, once this one time I was I almost considered moving to L.A. 
because I was like, man, Seven Stones, we need to we need to re relocate. You know, we're touring everything, but we're still not happening. And I looked for some places, but man, luckily it was too expensive for me to do that. Yeah. So I stayed here. Yeah, it's funny you say that. My my wife and daughter and I were were planning on moving to Los Angeles in, in June, and uh, that we postponed six months, which brings us pretty much to right now. And then we've decided to stay another year and, and maybe indefinitely now because uh, there's a lot of reasons. But um, yeah, you know. Uh, Kelly's not doing too great right now. There's just a lot of issues that they're dealing with in, in Los Angeles between the it's economy so and the fires. Man. Yeah, the expensiveness, of course. Um, oh. But so kind of going back to what you're saying about Seven Stones, you you said you spent a lot of time on the road. So were you guys touring the U.S., touring the region for, for chunks of years? Man, we would do the region, region. East Coast, West Coast, region, 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 East Coast, West Coast. We did, we did, I think we did, maybe did one or two. I can't remember. Most of us region though. We did most of our yeah. Houston, San Antonio, um, New Mexico, um, Dallas, a lot of Dallas, like Houston, a lot of stuff. Because I mean, if you, if you, if you can build up a following that and that in Texas, you can, you can, you know, handle yourself. Then we went up to, we went to LA one time. Um, we played out there. Did we play in LA or did we just go out there? We went and recorded in, in, in Seattle and I think we went up and played in LA. I can't remember. But we did the East Coast mostly. And then um man, I can't remember. But most most of it was regional touring. It was mostly regional touring. Mm -hmm. We did that. Like I, I rarely was in on in town on the weekend. We stayed during the week, work, rehearsal. We and three of us lived in the same house. Um mm. we did the full time I, I didn't have a job for like 12 years, a real, a real job. That's beautiful. And, yeah. and so how did that life suit you? I mean, my, my guess is it was pretty rad when you're younger uh, for it's, the it's, chunk of it. And it yeah. And then it yeah. gets a little old, you know what I'm saying? Ramen noodles and, and, and bad eating and McDonald's and yeah, all that stuff. And you know, it, it's, you know, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a car, anything, man. I, I was thinking about, it's like, man, I, one, one year, I think I reported, I made, seven thousand dollars something like that you know in a year but i never felt poor i mean you know because you never yeah. pay for your i mean when we go when we're in home i go to i would go down to the ritz or the steamboat or whatever and they would comp me drinks and mm -hmm. you know and then you, you you're young you're just eating a hot dog or you make eggs or you make so you know then my mom then finally moved here so she would like they would give me money to fill up the cabinets and stuff so and I didn't have a, I didn't have a full-time, well, no, when I started the band, that's another thing, the band broke me up, my, one of my girlfriends up because I was doing that so much, man. Mm -hmm. It kind of got in the way of a relationship. I feel bad for her because um, we were, I just started playing guitar and we were dating. And every time I come over to her house, I bring this guitar. Every time she wanted to do something, we watch a movie. I got this guitar. She went through the brunt of it, man. Like, you know. Well, let's go here. No, I gotta go to practice. I gotta go to band. And this is when bands. You remember bands would practice like three times a week, not this one or two times a month thing. We practice Monday, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, and then go play Monday, Wednesday. Thursday. I mean, that's all Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, we we practiced. That's probably one of the tighter bands I've been in, like as far as you know how tight we were. But um, now I practice what we practice like once a month or something like that. I know, man. It's I think part of it is if like. If you're starting a new project, you you have to do you have to chip off the old block. So you got to get those early practices in. But once you get the the product foundation tight, and you've been playing for a while, and you have a process for developing you know new material, you don't need to revisit those three practice, or two practice a week days. But I think you know in the early days of a band or a project, you gotta. Oh, yeah. You got to get in there and, and rough it up a little bit, but yeah, now I'm. It's amazing how efficient I can be with 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 so little practice now. But that also has to do with because I have such a, a body of work that I can, you know, if I bring in a new musician, I'm like, just listen to that, exactly. <laughs> listen to this, be be ready. We'll have a practice or two, and you know, if it's a really important show, obviously we'll we'll spend a little bit more time tightening it up. But otherwise, it kind of just takes care of it. I've almost I, like I I crossed this point where. I was so obsessed with every little thing being right. You know what I mean? Almost perfectionism to a point with onstage stuff. And then I just hit a point with like, 
I played these songs a thousand times. Like if we play it a little differently, it's almost better than playing it the way it's supposed to be exactly. But um, yeah, you, you don't need. Yeah, you. that's exactly how I am. When I mean, it's like because all our all our songs have we're not really a jam band, and we have eight we have eight people. So if everything isn't in the right spot, it, it can sound like chaos. You know, it's like it's like. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I, I want people to have certain parts, and then these parts. The reason why that that violin's there because that guitar is there, and they're gonna hit, and they're gonna hook. You know, it's like I've got a lot of hooks within hooks and stuff like that. So, um, but at the same time, I was like, you know, it's, and it's okay if we mess. I had to get. I was like, it's okay if we mess up. If I mess up, it's mess up. If we mess up, it's not the end of the world. This is Austin, Texas. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. Austin is cool with the cool like that. Like in New York, I noticed like a lot of stuff. New York is like. These musicians like everything's like sounds like the record you know I mean, austin's mm -hmm. more loose than that like yeah a lot of bands are more loose like that they jam a little bit more i mean i still don't really jam but you know if, if it doesn't hit long as you know the rule if you don't know what you're doing just drop out you know what i'm saying if you, uh, if you do make a mistake do it twice makes it sound like you did it on purpose stuff stuff like that you know what i mean so, of course of course yeah and and kind of segueing um, into your, the size of your band. I'm always for pretty much the entire time I've been in Austin, my, my project has been a three piece band. We've brought in other musicians for recordings and stuff, but, um, it's just been easier for me. And, uh, you know, our sound is suitable to it being lean and mean, but I'm always envious and, and, and admire a large thing and hope to get to it at some point. But working with such a big band and I, eight pieces, that's a big band, especially for someone who, you know, as you've kind of said yourself, kind of comes from a humble, you know, a natural progression, a humble late blooming thing where you're not like a, you know, and I, I'm a late bloomer musically too. I wasn't raised with, you know, I don't have like this super high musical IQ or, you know, able to arrange all this stuff. So, um, you know, working with a large band, eight people, what, I mean, I don't even know what question to ask really. So let me just kind of. How do I make it work? How, I mean, how do you, not only how do you make it work, but what's kind of your, what's, let's start with what's your songwriting process. Obviously it starts on your acoustic, but then when you have two violins and you've got keys and you got an electric, do you guys just start, you, 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 play the song on acoustic form and say, here's the song. Now let's try some stuff. Or do you have exact things in mind for each piece? Man, it, it really depends on the song. So I, I've got a little home studio here. And so like, um, I've got this thing called easy drummer, easy keys, easy bass, um, and acoustic and stuff like that. And I have nat native strings. So let's say if I can't get the girls or ladies over here to work on something, I can write everything. Like, like well, it goes back to what I was saying. I, I learned early that I can write melodic things, right? So strings to me is, is that same kind of theory. I know harmonies and all that stuff. So when I'm writing the strings, I've got, I've got this MIDI keyboard in front of me. And so I can write an arrangement and mm -hmm. just make it all work. Cause I know I want this to go here. I want this to go there. It's all kind of, kind of you kind of can see it visually. I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, you want this to sure. be up here, you want this to be down here. You want them to intersect yeah. right there. And then the guitar, you may just want, and I'm all about simple, like everything. I don't want a lot of, I don't need you to show me how great of a guitar player you are. Not with my stuff. I don't need you to show me how badass of a violinist you are, or keyboard player. We need simple stuff. And when all that stuff comes together, it's going to sound complex. And that's just something mm -hmm. I learned to learn. So sometimes if we start off like this latest song that we're doing right now, um, once the violin players kind of know what I like and what I'm expecting, then I sent her the track. I was like, here's the track. I, I, and I always, I always write the, the drums because I can't get with the drum player, right? I can't do it. So I always write the drums. And then a lot of times I'll play the bass on the track and then just kind of get where I kind of basically want the notes, you know, kind of mm -hmm. feel. And then I'll, I'll send it to Gucci or I'll send it to Alberto. And then they fancy it up, you know, they'll fancy it up. Um, this last song, though, I, I did the whole thing. Well, anyway, so 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 do that. So once I get that down, once I get the bass, drums, and the melody, and so sometimes I write it on acoustic. Man, sometimes I've been trying to do this thing where I want to see where the drums take me. You know, maybe I'll, mm -hmm. I'll program the drums and I have a melody, and I, I don't sing off of anything, and then I figure out well, what chords do I want underneath that melody I just did. You know, 
So I'll figure that out. I'll patch that out. And the best way for me to patch that out so I can have some cool chords is a piano because it's sitting right in front of me and I can see it. You know, I know that A minor is right here. I can see it. If I add this nine right there, I can see it, you know? So then I'll do mm -hmm. that. I'll do that. And then the beautiful thing about easy keys is that once you figure out what you, the chords you want, it can give you like different patterns. And it's mm -hmm. all MIDI. For me, MIDI is mm -hmm. just, because if I have MIDI, I can make anything. And so yeah. once I get the, the piano down, I'll switch a note here and there, put the thing there, same with the chords, get the bass down. And then once I got the, that basic thing, the filler, what Pro Tools allows you to do is is make a chart. When I, is it a chart? Is that what it's called? See, that's what I'm not, I don't know about. It, it, it allows me to write sheet music. So mm -hmm. I can send this sheet music over the piano to my mm -hmm. piano player. I, and I tell her, you don't have to play it exactly like this. This is just kind of how I want it, right? So once I send it to the violin player, she'll listen to it. And then she sends me back what she's got. I'll listen to what she gave me. And this last, but this last song, Kimbo hit it out. The, I didn't have to really do anything. She hit it out the park. Like there's, there's a couple parts. I was like, you know what? You should repeat right here. So it becomes a hook at the end. Let's move this around here. So it's right there and then send it back to her. And then she lays down my, my ideal, or I'll, I'll either sing it in the mic or I'll play it on the keyboard. So she knows where I want this down. And she sends it back once I get once I get the strings in there and and she, and I, she went and got a good microphone and, and I kind of showed her how to record. So now she's getting good violin sounds enough for where I know the violin's not going to be in the front. It's going to be kind of in the background anyway. So I'm not really worried about it being like the most pristine sound, but it's, you know, it's, she's got to sound really good. And then once I get that, um, I send it to my guitar player. So he'll listen to it. And he, what he does is he, he sends me ideals over the phone. And so when I hear over the phone, he may go, don't, 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 don't. And I'm like, man, why don't you go, don't, 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 don't. You know, stuff, stuff like that. I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. It's silly. It sounds silly, but that's what we'll do back and forth on my memo. <laughs> it's kind of funny. No, no, don't do it. Don't, 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 don't. It's not for like vanilla ice. But anyway, um, we'll be back and going back and forth. And, and, and it's like, okay, how's it sound now? Dog, that's it. That's it. So then he'll come over here, and again, that's why I like to produce other people's stuff. So he'll one time we have we have a lick in a, in a on on the um on one of the tracks. He was just warming up. He was just warming up. And I was like, "What are you doing? What are you doing right there?" He's like, "I'm warming up." I was like, "Play what you just played." Hang on, I'm gonna, turn, I'm gonna hit the record. Play what you just like. I don't know what I just played, and I just can I remember what he did? It's like you did you did this you did this. Okay, he's learning the part that he was just messing around on. Then we laid it down and the shit is gold. It's like, it's like, man, that's kind of stuff. So that's how we kind of build it, build it. And then even when you get there um, and you get the recording, when we get into the practice, then you, sometimes things don't, tr I don't know if you have felt this, but sometimes things just don't translate right live. Of you course. might have to change Absolutely. up, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you might've had so much stuff here in the, in the recording that you could duck and it just adds, adds texture. But when you're at a practice, it sticks out too much. So we kind of change stuff around. So practice when we do that, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm just like a band leader, like a producer at a, what you call it with that tries to surround myself with great players. And so I'll say, you know, no, no, why don't y'all violin instead? Of, I know you play like that on the record, but just so we have some space and breathing room. Don't play at all. Only come in on the chorus and then hit on the chorus. So, so that helps with the dynamics and stuff like that. And so that's how I do it, man. It's like, it, it, it's, and it, it kind of helps that I can hear. I just I, I can just hear when I'm out of practice. They're like, they like, how do you hear? I just messed up. I was like, no, 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 <laughs> you know. And it should be the strings, and it'd be one thing, and I can tell it's no, it was steel or it was Kimbo, and I can tell which violin it was. I was like, and then mm -hmm. and, and then and what kind of keeps me grounded as far as like my you always if like with me like I don't know you said you might not you might not know theory. I don't know theory. So I have I always try to keep somebody in the band that's really smart about that. And that's my keyboard player. Mm -hmm. And she keeps mm -hmm. me grounded. She's always like, you can't play that F9 over the sun. Sun, sun, sun. Oh, Lord, have mercy. What can I do? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like a fishing rod. No, nope, that F is not going to work with that blah, 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 because of this. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Okay, what what do I need to change it to? She's like, and, and I love the way she's, because I, I tell her, it's like, don't, I don't care how I react. Just keep coming at me. Cause at first I'm gonna be I'm gonna fight back. Cause I, I, this sounds great to me. She's like, no, but when I go to this, and then when she breaks it down, 
and it's a good lesson it's a good learning lesson when she breaks it down then i can hear it it's like yeah that does clash i was like okay you're right you're right you're right you're right you're right so it's good to have that and then and our drummer he's really good at um you know what if we you know do this time thing here and change it up a little bit here i know it's like that on the record and it's just being open when you when you play with eight people you've got to be willing to be open you know because you've got to keep them interested like i want them to be invested in the song so i'll take any opinion mm -hmm. that anybody has to tell me and a lot of times i use it sometimes i won't i mean but i'm i'm really open-minded about that especially if it's their instrument and they know their instrument and they know how to make it sound good so right i think you need to do that i'm not i'm not very i don't write like i'm not like an iron fist on everything it's just i take ideas and and we roll with it man it's i mean you got to do that I, I don't see how you could be in a big band and not do that yeah yeah that's a lot i mean unless you're you know uh duke ellington or, or, or oh, yeah. just a master or whatever exactly you know but right. yeah no that sounds like a good way to do it well a couple things on, on what you just said one is um it's funny the over the phone thing when you said that it struck I, I remember hearing that about uh dizzy gillespie and charlie parker would would play stuff over the phone for each other and then like hang up and come back and like complete each other's oh. musical <laughs> thoughts and shit so that popped in my brain when you said that um uh, i remember the first album i did when I broke away from my band was all MIDI stuff. And I hadn't done that before. And it was, it was a great getting into that world. I haven't really accessed that world since I put the, another band together. But uh, now that we're in COVID, it's like I was dipping back into oh, it. Man. But my, my, my equipment's kind of it's a little bit dinosaur. It's kind of old and stuff. But, and then going to what you said about keeping smarter people in the band, I've done that as well, right? Like right now I've got two, Berkeley grads and they're kids, oh. but they're Berkeley grads. So that's go. like go. good to go on that. You know, I'll take the, I'll take care of the field. You take care of yeah. the, uh, Oh, they'll keep you know, me in line too, man. She keeps me yeah. in and, and, and like, she reels me in a lot. Cause I, you know, I don't know the, the reason why certain things work. Cause I don't know the reason why I choose certain chords. She's like, why did you choose that chord right. and put your finger there? I was like, well, I just kept pushing it and kept figuring out stuff until I sounded great to sound good to me. Right. You know what I mean? It's feel. So that's, that's, yeah. That, yeah, exactly. And, but you need that somebody that can say real and, and she can talk. She can, she knows it to a, a T and Tate understands it when she calls out chords. Like, I, I don't know. Like a lot of times I don't even know what the chords I'm playing, especially when I put it on. Well, I know the chords I'm playing, but when you, you use the capo and I use the capo and I move it down, I don't know that. I just know it gets, it's still that right. minor, you know, formation. Totally. She knows yeah. it's the chord, you know? So right, you right. need that kind of stuff to communicate. And then when I bring in for sure, bring in, um, cause I like to use sometimes when I, I, I use, um, substitutes as far as keyboards and, um, I use Vince Wallen. He's, 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 he knows a lot too. Um, but that's, but that's how I do it, man. And then the, my other question was how does somebody who, you know, grows up listening to rap and then starts getting exposed to other things end up implementing, you know, two violins. Do you think you were getting that from the Beatles vibe? You know, because the Beatles had some of that extra unusual instrumentation and stuff like an orchestral stuff and psychedelic orchestral kind of thing. Where do you think that comes from? That, I can tell you exactly <clears throat> where that came from. It's Bill Withers' mm -hmm. song, Don't You Want to Stay. Have you heard that mm -hmm. song before? I have. Yep. Oh, yep. That, so that that sound, that those violin sounds, it's like that is so beautiful. And that bit, doom, 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 doom. Yep. All that stuff. I was like, that is freaking amazing. I mean, Mm -hmm. Um, da Damien Rice started me out, but I was just gonna do acoustic. What you call it? But when I heard, and I'd heard a lot of Bill Withers song, but when I heard that song, I was like, "That is what I want." You know what I mean? That is what I want. That's like that is so badass. And so I just been like, I got to do. I'm I just that's all my songs have it. I was like, I, I mean, some songs like we have a song on the album where it's um the new album Gray is called Something Borrow Something Blue, and I picked up the electric guitar. And we're and we're rocking out, but it's 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 very far in between. I mean, and that's another thing I wanted to do with this band. I was like, let's say I do want to rock out, like with Seven Stones. When you have a name of a band, for me it seemed like when you have a name of something, Seven Stones, they expect that type of music. If it's mm -hmm. Ray Prim, it's whatever I want to do. You know, it's like if I want to get country, if I want to do a country song, I do a country song. If I want to do a rap, well, no, yeah. I don't do no. I can't disrespect rap, but I can. I, I, I suck at it. I just. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't, the thing is, I don't understand why I'm not good at it. I was like, I practice and I practice and I still have this weak Chuck D 1990s um, flow. That's just like, my lyrics are good, but my delivery just sucks. 
I don't, I don't understand it, man. I just well, at least you can acknowledge it, or maybe you're even over over sensitive about your own style. But at least oh, you can no, acknowledge no. it because God knows there's <laughs> God knows there's a lot of people that they just have no idea how you know. Oh no! How I broke know. their 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 stuff is their their flow or, or their voice. You know, I, I've known a few people over the years where maybe they're okay at lyrics, but just as soon as they start, the voice that is delivering the message is like, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Man, I, but, I, I, I know because I've got two brothers who tell me, uh, and Tate tells me all the time, don't quit. There you go. Guy. You know what I'm saying? You got brothers will take care of you. Your loved ones will tell you, nah, man, yeah. you might want to stick to the, and then at first, at first, I was trying to find my voice too. I was like, it took me a while because I was like, man, you know, I don't have an R&B voice. I wish I had an R&B voice. I can't really do an R&B. Um, and I don't have a my, my voice. is I, my, I, I say my voice is decent. Right. And so how do I how do I take a decent voice and still still work with it? And, and, and people will still want to come and hear it. So, so I got to figure out my sound. It's like I can't sing. Like, mm -hmm. At one point, I think I, I think I was even singing like Jim Morrison trying to sing. you know, the mm -hmm. day I was trying to do that in the Seven Stones it's like that ain't working. And then I was, I was trying to look at these other rock bands. It's like, okay, well, maybe if I sing a little bit like, and the King's X, I, he's the one I tried to mimic the most, um, mm. Doug Pinnock. And I was like, that ain't working for me. I was like, you know what? I can't do this no more. It's just whatever comes out, man, just just whatever comes out, feel comfortable with it. And it, and, and it took a while. Like there's the first Seven Stones, people who, if you go listen to Seven Stones, and I, I, I guarantee you, you hear my voice then, you hear my voice now, you're gonna like, you know what? He did go on a journey to find himself. And I contributed to having to sing with Mexican Chocolate, who I think is the best singer in Austin, Texas. Singing next to him and, and, and being in his shadow, I was like, I gotta start, I gotta find my niche quick, or I'm just gonna be drowning under this fool. And so I just found what I what works with me, man, what works good with me, and, and we have a good combination. And I don't try to oversee, like, if if, it's, if there's a part where the note needs to bro be broken down and you know all that stuff, I can't do none of that. Mexican chocolate. That's he brings. He actually and it's, it's kind of funny, but he actually brings the R&B soul to my music. That's not me that brings it. I'm I'm coming from like I sing like Bill Withers kind of like a storyteller kind of mm -hmm. thing. So mm -hmm. that's that's but it's coming. It's like realizing what's. I think that's the the, the main thing people. They got to find themselves. Like what work? What really works for you? And then do it like like don't try to that's why there's so many artists out here that sound alike it's like 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 that one period where everybody's singing falsetto for like a thousand years for like a thousand years every time a guy was singing he was in falsetto every time for every song yeah. i was like mm -hmm. that's not gonna work every band was doing it and then for for longest time everybody was sounding like eddie vetter and then remember when everybody sounded like um the guy from allison chains i was like oh yeah. lord have mercy every time i turn around so i just try to find myself so i want people like you know what when they hear my voice they might they may not be like okay that's not great but that's ray prim i know that's ray prim you know the way he sings that's ray prim the way he delivered lyrics to ray prim that's a ray prim melody so that's what i tried to do man i'm really glad you said all that because uh i was going to ask you about your voice um and, and you know where it comes from and i'm like i mentioned earlier i'm really interested in where these things come from in artists. And um, I, it's, it's, I have a similar arc of, of finding a voice because I was a late starter, just like you. You were a very late starter. I, I started, I didn't start singing really at all till I was 20 and I was really bad when I started. But I knew that, I, I knew what I will, I had the, the people I wanted to sound like, you know, there were, there were a lot of different people I wanted to sound like. And I was just gonna say, all right, just start practicing like them. Just start singing along with them and over time you know you'll develop your own voice but it was a journey for me as well you know and i think i think when you're in a situation like you and i where we're searching for something um i think in a lot of ways that's a blessing because it uh it keeps you active and unsatisfied and moving forward all the time you know and it, say if you know a lot of people and this isn't always the case of course but if you're blessed with a good voice or you've been singing since you were a kid you know, I think there, there comes along with that can come a bit of, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not stagnation, but kind of stagnation where you, you, 
you you have the tools you need and you you, you know you're you're kind of content you know what i mean you're content you know everyone knows you have a great voice and everyone says you have a great voice so that that chip on your shoulder or that extra just the 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 need or the desire to take a journey within yourself and without yourself is is not always there so i've always felt fortunate it's always been a big thing for me not only the enjoyment of the journey but the insecurities i've always had as a singer you know i've always been uh, until recent last few years i've been less insecure about it but for a long time i was just insecure about it so i was always working on it always like trying to find something better to use or or so it really sounds like that was kind of uh, similar for you, which is cool to hear. Um, so kind of closing this thing out, Ray, I really appreciate you being here. Um, Thank you, man. what do you, yeah. What do you have planned for yourself moving forward? Obviously, um, we've been in this for a while now and it doesn't seem like it's going to relent for a little bit. It seems like yeah. the cases are higher than ever and, and it's going to be a little while. So what do you, what are you thinking for yourself, oh, uh, man, artistically over the next six to eight, 12 months? I am, I'm working on a new batch of songs. I've got, right now I've got, demo-wise, I've got nine in the tank. And so we're just fleshing them out. Um, man, the only thing you can do is keep, keep saying, I just, I, I, and I just started a song today because of the whole, um, you know, the, the news about Biden. Because mm -hmm. I remember I wrote a song, we have a song called To Whom It May Concern. And that was, about, that was for Obama. And so, and I've, I've written, it seemed like I've written a song for each president. So I was like, I want to write something for, for Biden and I think that's what I'm gonna do man I'm just gonna keep writing and then try to see what happens just like the places that I play I don't I don't I don't feel confident going into to like I play the Saxon pub I don't think the Saxon pub is gonna open anytime soon it's such a small mm -hmm. area you I don't see how we can make money um if we did go there because how do you how do you social distance the Saxon pub have like 12 people in there I've got eight people yeah. we'll be half the um, you know 75 percent of the audience so um and then when the one bar is closing um continental club where we play i don't i don't, haven't heard anything about that place opening um the far lounge asked me to come out um uh, uh, there's a place called the far lounge asked me to play mm -hmm. but i can't mm -hmm. make money I, right now i don't know if they're charging i don't think they can charge i don't think they're charging tickets and um and i think i mean it, it was a good amount they were asking but it just wouldn't be enough for eight piece band you know i can't have mm -hmm. people walking away with like 50 dollars and stuff like that so um i don't know man that is that's that is a great question i'm just gonna yeah. keep writing and and pray that somewhere by the middle of the summer sometimes they things open back up if not all i can do is keep writing music man and and and, and try to work on other people's stuff i i've been trying to get people to send me their stems so i can you know once you practice because you know how it is you practice on your stuff so much I was like, okay, I got to sound like mine. I, maybe I want to mix somebody else's stuff and, and please them and learn how to take it to another level. They might want something different. That's how you learn doing other people's stuff. And nobody trusts me. <laughs> nobody, I've asked like seven of my friends, hey, send me, send me your stems. Oh, yeah, okay, 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 okay. I, I'll send them to you. Nothing. Nothing. I was like, let me, I tell this guy, I told this guy, Angel, and Angel, if you're listening, I hope you're listening. I offered, I said, man, just send me your acoustic guitar. You play into a track and your vocal and i'll put everything else around it i said i got the ability to do all that stuff and um it'll help you you know i'll even make it to where you can put on the record and um okay yeah 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 i'll do it nothing <laughs> same thing with tommy now tommy i, I would i chased this fool for like six months i said tom because i love tom's music i freaking love it and when you're working on something that you love man it makes it so much easier so i love his mm -hmm. music and so he has this song he wrote with he wrote with um um uh, God dog it she's gonna kill me oh my God I went blank and and she's gonna kill me take this part out anyway he wrote a song with Ali Tadros <laughs> he wrote a song with Ali Tadros called Hired in the Moon y'all go look that up Hired in the Moon and um I was begging him. I was like man come on dog let me just let me work on this song please just come over to the house and she's like no say so finally finally got him over here and the, and the fool loves it he loves what we did he's like now he's like we got to work on an album you know what i'm saying but it's like i was like come on man give a brother a shot so i'm just anybody out there got some stems now it takes me forever i ain't gonna lie to you because I'm, I'm i have to program everything but but if you got something send it my way 
and let me let me start practice especially if you got live drums because i need to work i need to start working on mixing live drums but i think that's what i'm gonna do man just yeah just work on producing some stuff and 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 whoever can send me some stuff and then just pray that 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 we can get out of this thing and, and get back to playing some shows i, I was supposed yeah, to play Fairville folk festival i was supposed to play this dreamland mm -hmm. opening thing i was you know, we just did the blues on the green thing, but that wasn't, it was at Stubbs. It wasn't the big one. So hopefully they'll bring us back soon when they do the big, big one. But who knows when all this stuff is going to happen, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good. You make a good point I, about working with other people's stuff. I've been, I'm, I'm an avid practicer. I just love the process of practicing and writing. So I'll never stop doing that. But after, you know, seven, eight months of just hearing myself and, getting a little sick of myself. So <laughs> I, uh, I gotta start. Yeah. Maybe you, you make a good point, but yeah, I mean, and I'm also noticing like, you know, it's been very productive, but now I really, I, I can kind of feel it in myself. I'm getting to a point where I'm, I'm starting to, and I'm sure all you and, and, and everyone else is starting to feel it now too, where now it's, it doesn't look like it's getting better for mm -hmm. six, eight more months. And we've already done eight months of this. It's like, I'm starting to feel it a little bit. Like I'm like, yeah. uh, I don't know. I gotta play. I gotta practice, you know, but yeah, like you said, it's got. So I've been basically like for for the majority of the last eight to nine years. Um, there's been periods where I, I've been able to do full time music, and then but but I'd say 70, 60 percent of that I've done like music as let's call it like a thirty hour job, and then I've had like another 25, 30 hour job, which has been mostly uh, over the years has been. Um, uh, coaching, working with kids and, and coaching soccer all across the city and stuff like that. And it was a really good day job for a musician because it's, you know, just working with kids during the day. But, um, but I've been looking to get out of that. And basically to answer your question, I'm going to be heading into a full-time uh, arrangement very, very soon for the extended, for, an, for a long period of time. So I'll be in that realm uh, very soon, kind of a more corporatized dynamic. So yeah, that's, but I, for, for, for years, I was able to balance it. And then if we have a big touring season, I, you know, obviously just be doing music and stuff like that. So, Man, I was but uh, yeah, that, um, it, it's actually, if you have a, I mean, what worked for me, and this might not work for everybody, but I found myself happier when it came to um, making music is when it wasn't my job, when it didn't have to keep. I hear you. Up. So, you know, I so you. once I got a full-time job and then I played, I got down and sat down and write a song because I really wanted to, not because, man, I need to get something. I need to get out there. I'm not, I don't, I'm not taking this gig. I got to play this restaurant gig because I've got my cable bill done. You know, once music was no longer about that, it was just about me being creative and, and expressing myself. That mean, meant more to me. And I, I, and I t try to tell some musicians like, that want to quit, you know, I just want to get out there and just play. I and mean, sometimes it may be good for you, but you may want to think about it, like music ain't cheap either. There's equipment that you need to get. There's certain stuff you need to get like that comes a job can get you that kind of stuff. So unless, you know, unless, you know, play on the weekends or something like that. And then when the opportunity comes along and somebody really sees you, whatever, you know, then maybe take a leap of faith. But I mean, I, I, I personally love having a full-time job and then playing shows that I want to play that fulfill me. Cause to me, I don't want music to be this. Like when I was in seven, so that's what reason, one of the reasons I quit. It just felt like, damn, man, we gotta, we gotta practice because we gotta do this shit. We have to take this show, but I don't want to play it. I don't want to play somebody's backyard, what you call it. They're paying a thousand dollars. That's going to pay our light. You know what I mean? It's like, and I can turn stuff down. I was like, and I, and I, I turn, I turn down more songs that shows than I do that I play. Because I just don't, I don't want to do it, man. It's like, it's like, I don't want to leave the house unless it's going to make, it's going to help us further along as far as like real publicity or if it pays us and the pay has to be a good experience. Those, they have to be mm -hmm. both with me because if not, I won't play. I just, I just don't. yeah, that's That's great to hear you, hear you say that. And I've, I've gleaned that from other people as well. And, uh, you know, I was looking to get into the full-time thing kind of, um, before, uh, I was looking to get into the full-time thing before this COVID thing hit anyway. And now this has just made it official anyway, but I, I, yeah, I mean, especially being a band leader, as you know, it's like, it's, it can be such a grind and it really mm -hmm. turns into a nonstop grind. And so I'm really looking forward to having that, you know, 40 hour a week, not worrying about bills and then just putting the, 
putting the fun level back up yes. into all the music stuff. So for I sure, I, I hear where you're coming notice. from. You're going to notice. I think I will, too. It's going to be like your escape from from your mm -hmm. job. It's going to make you feel good. Every time you play, you're like, oh, yeah, this, this is exciting. And everybody in my band has full-time jobs. So they all got that mm -hmm. same feeling. So when we went together, it's energy. energy, Because, yes, we're making music. We don't have to worry about our stuff. And then we can put all our emotions and stuff into that. Um, you know, it, 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 they tell you to get out and tour, and that's, that's a good thing. But, I mean, nowadays, can't you do – most people play their stuff. You can do a lot of stuff on the Internet as far as – Building. And when when I do play a show, I I, I strongly believe in um, promoting. So I promote. Mm -hmm. I work my ass off when I do have a show. So as far as getting the word out and getting people out and and stuff like that. So and yeah, and like you, I, I did I did the years of touring, and and I'd like I, I'd like to get back to it someday, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. That's for damn sure. I mean, this is going to be a, this is going to be a two to three year at least, uh, you know, backlash from so all too. this. So we'll see. Well, Ray, thanks for everything, man. I really enjoyed talking with you and you uh, me, look forward to, yeah, man, look forward to hearing more of your stuff coming out. Sounds like you got a lot of stuff on the cooker and I wish you the best of luck moving forward, my friend. Thank you, Sam. All right, Ray. We'll see you around, buddy. All right, man.